0: This morning, I am going to bring you what you may say is an alarming sermon. And it is a sermon that I believe you will not hear in this church in a few years hence, because it will be against the law, the title, Facing the Coming New World Order before i begin there are three points that i wish to emphasize number one timetables god has a timetable and the devil has a timetable god works to a timetable he knows the end from the beginning you recall when jesus christ came The first time into this world it said when the fullness of time was come. And according to the 2300 day prophecy, he came right on schedule. The devil is a real student of the scripture not to learn the way of God, but to learn what God is going to do and how he can avert what God is going to do. So we know that before the last great final outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he is to bring a false revival. He has a timetable. Do not forget that. Secondly, this morning, I wish to emphasize that I am not a time setter. I do not know when Jesus Christ will come. Only God the Father knows, as the scripture tells us. But from my study of the scriptures and the spirit of prophecy and from what I see in the world, I am not afraid this morning to state that I believe it is very near, even at the door. And thirdly, I wish this morning to discuss some modern miracles that are taking place in the world today, in your lifetime. Please remember that God can perform miracles and so the devil can prepare, perform miracles. And the miracles we shall talk about this morning will prove to be satanic. And now my text, that which was read this morning. Let's turn again and look at it in Revelations, the 13th chapter. I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. All of you inflicting a deadly wound, but it tells us here in the scripture that his deadly wound was healed. I shall never forget as a teenager sitting in a Seventh-day Adventist church in Los Angeles with HMS Richards about to speak and when he came to the pulpit that morning I'll never forget the first words for it was in 1929 and he said these words this week the deadly wound has begun to heal You will never know what that did to me as a young man. I believe that those words were the very words that determined my life as a minister. For I felt that as a young man I was living in the end time, that I could see prophecies fulfilling about me. It tells us here not only would the wound be healed, but all the world would wonder after the beast. Do you know what that word wonder means? It means to be astonished. Here was a kingdom for the Pope at that time ruled 70,000 square miles as his own kingdom in which he was the God, the kingdom of it. Besides that, he ruled over all the other nations. And here it tells us plainly that something would happen after this that the world would wonder. It would be astonished that this power could recoup and that it could come to the place where it would rule the world. It tells us here, not only were they astonished, but they marveled They marveled to such a place that they were captivated. Captivated. That means that they were so astonished, so marveling, that they finally would worship this beast, for it tells us here, and they worshiped the beast. The highest form of worship is obedience. And we read down here, not only do they worship the beast, but in doing this, they worship the dragon. In Revelations 12 and verse 9 tells us, the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent, called the devil and Satan. And fourthly, It says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not found in the book of life. Now as an introduction to these scriptures this morning, I want to state that both the Bible and the spirit of prophecy clearly reveal, without a doubt, that this beast of Revelation 13 of which we have read is the Roman Catholic Church in our world today with its headquarters in the Vatican, located in Rome, Italy, and whose present world leader is Pope John Paul II. Now that's an alarming statement, and it requires a word of caution. Do you recall when President Bush was about to lead this nation into a war with Iraq? Just a little over 12 months ago, that over the television and over the radio you heard it I heard it with my own ears he said and he wanted to make it clear so there would be no misunderstanding that he was not fighting the people of Iraq uh, not fighting the people of Iraq when he was going to destroy their power and free Kuwait but that he was fighting the governing system of Saddam Hussein. Now, there's a very clear difference. And this morning, we are not attacking our Catholic friends in this community, whom we trust and believe that many will join us in the kingdom of God. But rather, this morning we are pointing the finger at Pope John Paul II, who publicly claims that he is the keeper of the keys, keys that permit him and no one else to open up to you the kingdom of heaven or to keep you out of heaven. And these keys supposedly were given by Christ to the Apostle Peter, and he passed them on to the popes, and thus. This Pope today claims that he has these keys, therefore he demands that everyone in this world worship and obey him. Now this morning we shall briefly discuss some astounding facts about this Pope as revealed in this book, The Keys of This Blood. This is written by a former Jesuit professor of the Vatican Biblical Institute in Rome. Malickiah Martin, the author, is still a Jesuit, but he is no longer a professor of that school. He is now located in the United States of America, and that may be very significant. My aim this morning is to compare the divine revelations of this book and that of the divine inspired writings of Ellen G. White with the facts as disclosed in this book, the keys of this blood. Now, why should I, as a minister of the gospel, spend holy time this morning in such a presentation? First, because I am a watchman. When I was ordained to the ministry, I was called to be a watchman on the walls of Zion and to alert our people of dangers. And secondly, Pope John Paul II has declared that within eight years he is going to rule this world. This new world government will affect every Seventh-day Adventist man, woman, and child. And soon we shall face persecutions that you and I have never, never dreamed of. On page 351 of this book, and I'm quoting, in John Paul's outlook, now what does that mean? It means what is in his mind, what's making him tick, what does he see in the future? Notice, in John Paul's outlook, there is one largely unnoticed element, What is it that the people have overlooked his conviction that in our actual geopolitical situation there will be in John Paul's lifetime a direct intervention by God. What's he saying? He's an old man. Before he dies, God is going to do something. And if you read this book as I have read it, you'll find that God is going to bring about some great catastrophe that will instantly cause the whole world to ask him to rule over them. Notice carefully on page 351 and I am quoting in John it tells us here I'm sorry on page 111 it tells us here about this Pope why he believes that he is the man that is going to do this? First of all, it tells us there that he now rules practically one-sixth of the world population. He goes on to tell us in page 111, he has 483,488 priests over these practically one billion members. He has 3,000 bishops, and over them. Are a handful or so of cardinals, in which he controls every one of these living people and all of the legions of educational institutions from elementary to universities. And consider this list in which he has absolute control. Hospitals, I've been around the world, I've seen them everywhere. Churches, convents, cathedrals, monasteries, legations, and consider owning and controlling newspapers, magazines, publishing houses, radio stations, television stations around this world. He has his own World Bank with holdings and investments in every section of this world, be it commercial or industrial. He has embassies in practically every nation of this world be it small or great in which he is in constant communication and there is no other earthly organization on this planet that can match it today in fairness fairness malachi martin reveals that this church does have some internal problems which are recorded on page 623, 632, 670, 676, and on. And he lists these. There is an inner battle going on within the church as to how the Mass should be celebrated. There are pressures within the church to ordain women, something you never heard of in past years. Even the call for altar girls, There is a debate going on whether it is possible or not for Buddhists, Mohammedans, members of Protestant churches could be saved possibly outside the Roman church. And that's an unheard of thing through the past ages. They're even discussing religious liberty in the sense, does a person have the right to choose his own religion? There are actually bishops under the Pope's domain who are openly questioning the infallibility of the Pope, unheard of in the past. There is a clamor within the church today for contraception, for abortions, even to accept homosexuality as priests within the church. There are even those who are asking permission for premarital sexuality. And there is a call to condone the use of condoms. At first glance, when you see a church in this kind of problems, you would think that it would destroy their unity and that this would make it impossible for them to seize the world control. But on the contrary, The world sees these problems within the church today. That the papacy has changed and is changing. And therefore, no one needs to fear if the Pope rules over them. Now, Ellen White told us that this is exactly what would happen in the last days. Great Controversy, page 566. Men are closing their eyes to the real character of Romanism and the danger to be apprehended from her supremacy. The people need to be aroused to resist the advance of this most dangerous foe of civil and religious liberty. And again on page 571, see the papacy is unchanged. Every principle of the papacy that existed in the past ages exists today the doctrines devised in the darkest ages are still held. Let none deceive themselves. The papacy that Protestants are now so ready to honor is the same that ruled the world in the days of the Reformation. I must stop here a moment. I'm gonna ask you a question. What constitutes the real power of the papacy anyway? Why is it that all around the world, every culture, every nation of people are all attracted to this power? Would you like to know? Write it down in the flyleaf of your Bible because you will need it shortly. Page 572, just write it down so you can refer to it. And I'm going to read it, one paragraph. Here is what she tells us. The world's desire, picture it now. What do people that are born into this world desire? What is it that they're looking for? She says, the world's desire is for a method of forgetting God. Isn't that interesting? What do the people of the world want? They want something that they can forget God. Why? Because if there is a God, they ought to obey him. So if somehow they can forget him... That will help them out to salve their conscience. But notice the rest of this line. The world's desire is for a method of forgetting God, which shall pass as a method of remembering him. Isn't that intriguing? They want something where they can forget the commandments of God, and yet they want to salve their minds so they can say, what I'm doing, I'm actually remembering him. The papacy, I'm quoting, is well adapted to meet the wants of these people. How? Then she states two facts. Those who would be saved in their own merits. And I know what I'm talking about. I have been around the world. I have seen hundreds walking on their knees in the pavement till their blood was on the, on the cobblestones from the shredded knees. Why? because they were told by the church that if they would do this, they could get God to forgive them of their sins, working out their own salvation. I've seen them climb hills with a heavy cross that the priest had told them, that if you'll do this, God will forgive your sins. And somehow in the world, people like to work out their own salvation. But there's another class, number two, those who would be saved in their sins. Oh, God is so good. He is so kind. He is so loving. He wouldn't think of destroying anybody. He will find a way to save me in my sins so I can drink, I can commit adultery, I can carouse, I can do anything. Somehow God's going to find a way to save me. Let me read it to you those who would be saved in their own merits, those who would be saved in their sins, here is the secret of its power. Unquote. Now let's take a little time to look at John Paul II. What makes this pope think that he can do what no other pope has been able to do practically for almost 200 years, and that is gain back the control of this world. What makes him think he can do this? On page 47, Jesuit Martin gives us the answers. He states that the miracles of Pope John Paul's reign actually began way back in May 13, 1917, now follow me closely. What happened back there in 1917 on May 13? In the obscure Portuguese hamlet of Fatima, something happened. It is reported that the Virgin Mary, and I'm inserting the words supposedly, The Virgin Mary appeared to three peasant children in Fatima. And there on the hillside, the Virgin Mary confided to these three little children certain admonitions and secret instructions that were to be followed by a coming pope in the future. And furthermore, she told these three little children, that she would come back on October the 13th six months later and that she would on the very month the very day the very hour the very place perform a miracle that would prove that these secret instructions were from God and then I was amazed to find out in this book that this miracle was proof that Revelations 12, 1 to 5, referred to the Pope. Do you know what Revelations 12, 1 to 5 is? It said a great wonder would appear in the heavens, a woman clothed with a son, and she was pregnant, and she was going to have a baby, and that the devil would try to kill that individual and that finally that individual would rule the world you know the story now first of all we know as bible students that this great prophecy of revelations 12 referred to jesus christ you remember how he was born and how the devil tried to kill him as a little babe through the power of Rome killing all the children in Bethlehem, how this baby grew to manhood and for 30 years he lived without sin, how he died on Calvary for you and me, how he poured out his precious blood that our sins might be forgiven, how he was buried, how he was resurrected and how he returned to heaven and how he will come again. And when he comes again, he will set up a new world order and he will rule all nations. But Mary insists that this man was the Pope to come. And that the devil would try to take his life, as you remember he was assassinated, attempted assassination, and that if These instructions were carefully followed out, she would see to it that this man will rule this world. I am amazed how this church can always take things of the Word of God and so twist them as for them to have an entirely different meaning. Now, she said that I will appear, she said on October 13 of the same year, six months later, and I will give you a miracle that will prove that what I have given is from God Almighty. And this is what is supposed to have happened in this miracle. On page 629, the day before, there had been torrential rains all day in this little town of Fatima. The next morning on October 13, there was still a driving rain. The dirt road into Fatima was a quagmire of mud. Three inches had fallen. Water was laying in puddles everywhere. And at the Fatima shrine, which had been built, because of what had been noised about that Mary had appeared to these three little children, there were 75,000 people gathered on the hillside, all wanting to see a glimpse of the miracle of the Virgin Mary. At the precise moment when she said this would happen, the little children cried out, these three little children, look up at the sun. And remember this woman was to appear clothed in the sun. Instantly, I'm telling you now what is purported to have happened. Instantly, the rain stopped. You know, the devil can perform miracles The heavy black clouds instantly parted and the sun appeared in all of its glory. Fear, panics, joy swept the crowd. Suddenly, though, the sun did something it was never seen to do before. It became like a plate of silver. It began to spin like a giant power wheel on its axis, casting off rays of color, red, orange, yellow, and green. Which tinted the faces of the seventy-five thousand people, even their clothing, their umbrellas, the grass and the animals. It was claimed that thousands of could look up there at the sun for two to three minutes without any damage whatsoever to their eyes. And you know that would be a miracle. The sun began to dance. Suddenly, the sun moved over here, and then they saw the sun move out of here, over there, and over here. Wouldn't you be alarmed if you saw the sun do that? And then, suddenly, it began to plunge toward the people. It came closer and closer, zigzagging down to this earth, bigger and bigger, and the people began to feel the terrible heat of the sun. They felt that the sun was going to strike them and destroy them, and they cried out everywhere. God forgive, we're going to die. In this horrifying experience, the three little children were heard to cry out, Pray, pray, and everything will be all right. Suddenly, the sun ceased its spin to the earth and returned to its proper place in the sky above. No sooner had it reached this position that we are told a mighty wind began to blow, although no one could see a leaf, or a twig move on a tree, instantly the soaked ground, the puddles of water, everything disappeared and the ground became as dry as powder. And their clothing, which these people were wet to the skin, soaked, was instantly dried and their garments were as if they had just come out of the laundry. This is the miracle that the church claims was divine proof that God Almighty had given these instructions for a future Pope. These three little children received this, and Lucia, who later became a nun nun in 1944, gave these directions, these secret instructions to a bishop who placed them in an envelope, and they were sent to the Pope of Rome where they were put on the mantle. And they were sent to the Pope of Rome where they were put on the mantle in the Pope's private rooms. Three other priests, I mean, three other popes opened these documents. There were two and you remember the third one only ruled for just a few days and some think he was murdered. They looked at these and said these instructions are not for us. But when Pope John Paul II was coronated and took the throne, immediately he went to his private room, took these instructions that were supposedly given to him by Mary and said, this is for me. And he has been following Mary's timetable explicitly, and this is why he expects to rule this world within the next eight years. Page after page in this book, Malachi Martin traces the miracles of this boyhood, of this pope. He tells us that it was the first pope, the first priest ever in the history of Poland to be ordained to the priesthood within just four years. That he was the youngest auxiliary bishop. That he was the youngest archbishop of that country. That he was the youngest cardinal. That he was the first pope within 400 years to be placed on the throne of Rome from his country. He tells us that this Pope is obsessed with Mary. Everything he does is according to her directions. I quote these things from these books on page 48, that these directions given to him from Mary are nothing less than a personal communication from heaven, that there are certain words willed by the Lord. They are directions given to papal attention, and then those words, an immediate timetable. Now keep in mind that these miracles that I have described were actually repeated to this Pope, so he claims, immediately after his attempted assassination. There he lay on his bed in Lacero, in the hospital after he had been struck with these two bullets. He had the window open up and he claims that Mary, in the sky over the seven hills of Rome, gave him exactly the same miracle that the three little children had seen and the 75,000 people had witnessed. And so he knows beyond a doubt that this is from God. He also credits his deliverance of Poland from the USSR in that while he was there they had dedicated Poland to Mary and therefore this is why Poland was able to break away from Russia. He further says that the reason he was saved from the assassin's bullet was because that the moment that the man pulled the trigger he had moved his head just a fraction, to look at a little girl holding a picture of Mary at this shrine of in Fatima. And thus that first bullet missed his head. Furthermore, he said that Mary had said that if he would take and dedicate Russia to Mary, that the hammer and the sickle would fall. And this book was written two years ago. And you have seen the disintegration of that great country, Russia. Furthermore, she has stated, Now that if you will dedicate the world to me, I will put you on the throne within eight years. And he believes this. Now this is none other than the working of the power of spiritualism. The Bible teaches that Mary is dead, that Mary is in the grave. She is not in heaven. She is awaiting the life giver's call at the coming resurrection. And whoever it is that is impersonating Mary and giving all these instructions to the Pope is none other than a fallen angel. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised that it is the devil himself. You recall what God said in his book Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 there is no work there is no device there is no wisdom in the grave whether thou goest and when you compare that with Revelation the 16th chapter discussing the power of this beast it says out of the mouth of the beast it says there would come unclean spirits and in verse six fourteen that follows it says for they are the spirits of devils now i didn't say that god says it so pope john paul is in communication with evil spirits they are controlling his every move to such an extent on page 476 it tells us that the pope is a complete slave of mary Again, in page 617, it says that he is under the seal of the human mother of God. Completely dominated. He doesn't make a move without her. Now, there were three specific directions given in these secret documents. The first two have been known. But the Pope has never made known what is to be found in the third. But he has let known just a little part, and he claims that there will come, you'll find on page 657, some cataclysmic event in this world that will so change this world drastically that the world will clamor for him to get on the throne. May I suggest a cataclysmic event that could happen? I'm not saying this will happen, but you know George Bush has been very worried of late. Our president is wondering what's going to happen with all these tremendous atomic weapons? What should happen if somehow some of those could be gotten by some terrorist groups and set out in this world and exploded? He's very worried about it, and he has mentioned so. May I give you an example of what might happen? Just suppose that some of these terrorist groups go over there to some of these broken parts of the USSR, where there are hungry, where there are thousands that are starving, and would say, we have millions of dollars we will give you if you will just give us a few of these atomic bombs. And they could slip them out and plant them in such cities as Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, London, and Hamburg. And then on a given day, these terrorists would say, listen, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we will destroy these cities. And of course, the nations of the world would say, oh no. And then on a given day, they would be exploded. Can you imagine what would happen in this world? with all of the business and everything all blowing up and millions upon millions destroyed, I want to tell you the Pope would say, listen, if you will just let me control this world, I'll see that this never happens and I'll give you the next millennium of peace. You know what the world would do? (laughs) You better believe it. Are you reading the spirit of prophecy these days or is it sitting Is it sitting on the shelves? Have you been reading lately where Sister White mentions some things that will soon happen? She tells us here, large cities will be swept away. I'm reading from Life Sketches, page 413, and that was from Evangelism 29. I saw New York City. And she names it. And she says, supposedly fireproof. But these buildings were consumed as if made of pitch. You know what happened in Hiroshima when the bomb blew? Those skyscrapers with those great iron beams, they disintegrated. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. Maybe it'll be some plague like the AIDS. Maybe it'll be some worldwide earthquake of destruction something is going to happen the Pope says when it happens I'm going to take the throne did you know what Ellen White says on testimonies page 9 page number 9 page 11 great changes are soon to take place in this world the last movements will be rapid ones great controversy page 631 makes it a little bit more clear more quickly than men will expect. And then on page 338, it will happen suddenly as a lightning flash. I want to tell you, in all of my over 50 years of ministry, never have I seen things happening in this world like they're happening today. No wonder this Pope, having now dedicated the world to Mary, expects to rule within the next eight years. This is why, and I'm reading these things from page 490, no other pope in our history, and this is only up to two years ago, has had such a record. He has made 45 worldwide trips. He has visited 91 countries. He has given 1,559 speeches in 32 languages. Over half of the world, over three billion people have seen the pope by television. They know him. There is no way that it can be reversed or called off again i'm reading quote all will be powerfully and radically altered forever again i read quote no sector of our lives will remain untouched and then it goes on on page 815 to tell that this will affect the way of our life our families, our jobs, our commerce, our educational systems, our culture, our money, our religion. Now page 59, it ends with the words, everything must change. On page 19, I read, the Pope is adamant in one capital point, no system will ensure the guarantee the right of the freedoms of the individual If it is not based on these laws and you read down what laws Catholic laws On page 16 I read this system will be introduced and installed in our midst by the end of this final decade And that's eight years Now you can see how Revelation 13 can be fulfilled in your lifetime the United States has now assumed the place the Bible said it would last year it wasn't at that place there were two great world powers and in some respects Russia was greater than the United States it had a greater navy it had a greater army and who knows it may have had more nuclear bombs than we ever thought it had and yet it has collapsed completely and there is only one nation in this world that has the power. And we recently demonstrated in our war with Iraq that we can send our nation, our armies, anywhere in this world in just a few weeks and cause any nation in this world to do what we intend them to do. And don't you believe that every nation in this world isn't aware of that? And so it tells us now in the scripture of that two horned beast, the United States. He would cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark. And he was caused that as many who have not worshiped the image of the beast should be killed. Listen are you ready for these things to happen? That no man might buy nor sell, save that he that had the mark or the name of the beast nor the number of his name. Were you aware in our president, in his last message to Congress, on February 18, 1991, that our president made this statement, it is a big idea, a new world order. Where did he get that? He is in constant communication every week with the Pope. He is quoting the Pope's words. And he said, "It's a big idea, new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in a common course. Only the United States has both the both the moral and the standing and the means to back it up." Pardon me for a moment. Was that the Pope said? That our president said, We are the only nation in the world that can bring this about. And the Bible said he would cause all, both rich and poor, free and bond, to receive this mark. And so a new world order is coming. So says the Pope, so says President Bush, so says the political leaders around this world. So says the new age religion with its 1 million followers. So says the multi religions of our day So says the pagan world so says the occults. but most important of all so says the inspired writings of Ellen G. White and So says the divine word of God Almighty In Great Controversy page 588 it says when such great calamities A cataclysmic event, as the Pope claims, will happen. When they befall this world, the great deceiver will persuade men that those who serve God are causing these evils. It will be declared by men that they are offending God by the violation of the Sunday Sabbath. You know it's going to take guts someday for you to come to this church on a Sabbath day when you will have hundreds out here saying that you are causing these troubles. It says here, offending God by the violation, that this has brought the calamities which will not cease till Sunday observance will be strictly enforced. And around this world, people are clamoring today. They want to change, they want law, they want order. Something has got to happen. They're getting fed up. And I read on page 592 of Great Controversy, those who honor the Bible Sabbath will be denounced as enemies of the law and order. Are you ready? Do you know what it's going to be to take and live in this kind of a world of ours, in this city even? Oh, yes, the dragon is wroth with the woman and goes to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You and I are soon in our lifetime to face a universal death decree. Now I shouldn't leave you this morning in such a state of alarm without telling you that this is time for you to prepare yourself in study and prayer. Is every sin forgiven? Are you really, truly washed in the blood? Are you robed with his righteousness? If so, you may be assured that God will be with you. Don't forget, did God forget Noah? when he destroyed the world by a flood? Did he forget Lot when he burned, destroyed Sodom? Did he forget Joseph in prison when he refused to participate in the morals of that day? Did he forget Elijah when he had to stand alone, as it were, on Mount Carmel? Did he forget those three worthies in the fiery furnace? brothers and sisters this is a time for us to begin preparations as we have never done before in our life remember these words Zechariah 2 8 he that toucheth you touches the apple of his eye Isaiah 49 can a woman forsake her sucking child Yea, she may forget but I will not forget thee Hebrews 13 5 I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Matthew 28 20, Lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the world. Oh, what wonderful promises, brothers and sisters. Store them in your mind, but remember these promises are only yours if you know Him and obey Him. Remember they are only yours when you come. a decision in your life that you would rather die than sin.